This is the Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at jessieraysbarbecue.com. T-Mobile. Head to T-Mobile.com and see how you can lock in your rates forever. Jets Pizza, with six different crusts and countless toppings, let your imagination go wild. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be, as we reintroduce to you the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you today, just uh, half a mile from the Pacific Ocean in Carlsbad, California, where it's been beautiful, absolute beautiful weather uh, out here. Love Southern California. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that championship city, uh, the resilience in through everything that uh, you don't want to fight through. But, um, Stephen, how are you? So you love Southern California, huh? Oh, I'm loving this place. Loving this place. Uh, is it cold anywhere? Because I don't know if it is or not. I, I haven't checked uh, lately. It might be in your freezer. It might be cold. <laughs> I mean, anywhere in the country. Um, no, oh, love, love Southern California. When we're doing the Pro Hockey West Report, and I am just uh, a few hours from almost every destination, from Ontario, from Tucson, from Henderson, from Coachella Valley, um, from Bakersfield, from San Diego, you name it. They're all really, really close. And um, speaking of really close, so is the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League. Yeah, you know, it's... I kind of I kind of envisioned it would be and I think it's going to be this way the whole season. I mean, it's like the first to the 7th place team is like less than 10 point gap and even the teams that are out of it right now there's a little bit of separation there, but um it just shows you how close this division is and you know, as I said, a team can go on a little bit of a run, they can really move up and if you have a team that struggles and has a hard time getting going, and has a little bit of a losing streak, or then they might drop a bunch of spots. And we've kind of seen that. We've kind of seen some shuffling around. I mean, Ontario has had a really good stretch now, and they're they're towards the top of the division when they were down the middle or even at the bottom half. So uh, I think it's gonna be like that all year. So I hope you're ready for it, Scott. I am ready for. It. Let me uh, let me update everybody uh, on the current Pacific Division standings in the American Hockey League. Uh, as expected, the uh, the Wolf of Calgary leading the Calgary Wranglers to a uh, 15-4-1 mark um, right out the get-go. They have uh, now, 31 Oscar Dan- points. Oscar Dance has done his part, too. Yeah, he Oscar, has. He has. He has. But, uh, and, and, and the Wolf of the, Calgary is, is, in the wolf of, is in the Calgary. Uh, <laughs> he's with the Flames now, so he's been upgraded. Yeah, well, he he's a, was a leading goaltender in wins last I looked with 10. Yeah, he yeah, he's really he's really good. We'll we'll talk more about it when we get to the team. But uh, <laughs> he's really good. Anyway, uh, so Calgary leads the uh, the Pacific right now. Ontario, as you mentioned, making a nice strong push, thirteen six one and a one, and that one, folks, is a shootout loss uh, in the American Hockey League. Uh, the Abbotsford Canucks at thirteen five one and zero. Oh. The Tucson Roadrunners, how's this? Twelve six one and one. For uh, Steve Potvin's guys, um, the Henderson Silver Knights ten nine one and two, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Everybody's going, what's wrong with the Firebirds? What's wrong with them? Well, they they were uh, the second best team in all of the American Hockey League last year, and you know what happens? Um, they get they get cherry picked. Let's be honest. Um, the best teams usually lose players. They also have only played eighteen games. 
So they got a lot to go. I will be there three nights next week, Wednesday and uh, Saturday and Sunday, I believe. Um, but they, they're in at 10, 7, 1, and 0, oh, and 21 points. The Colorado Eagles, right behind them, uh, actually tied with them at 9, 8, 3, and 0 oh, at 21 points. Um, the Bakersfield Condors, who you saw just recently, Stephen, uh, only played 15 games so far. They're 7, 7, 0, oh, and 1 with 15 yeah, points. So that's a team that can make a move, right? They can. That That is so crazy to me. That They're so disparaging on the games. I mean, I, I can't get over the fact that Bakersfield has only played 15 games. And Henderson, for example, has played the most games. They've played 22 games. Some teams have played 19, some 20. But, I mean, they, that's, that's a, a lot of points out there. That's a lot of points out there. And, and they could they could climb up uh, quite a bit. I mean, they, they, they're kind of a, a streaky team right now. They're, they've won a few games in a row, so they're, they're right in the mix for sure. Okay, so let me tell you. That's the top eight teams so far in the Pacific Division. All of them are 500 or better. That's pretty impressive because uh, you know you play each other, and it's hard to keep um, a, a winning streak like that above 500 because you would think somebody has to lose, right? Well, San Jose is uh, in at 9 at uh, 5, 10, 4, and 0, oh, and 14 points. San Diego in at 5, 11, 4, and 0, oh, and 14 points. So, um, you know, as you mentioned uh, coming into it, Stephen, uh, Team 7 has 21 points, Team 1, has 31 points. That's a 10-point difference between the first and seventh team. Doesn't that take long to make up 10 points in the uh, American Hockey League? Uh, no, it doesn't, especially since in the division, uh, as well as all the divisions in the American Hockey League, you play pretty much divisional opponents. So, you know, if, if you've played a team eight times or six times, this year it's, some teams are playing more out-of-division games, so... There's not as much of that, but but it's yeah, you could really catch somebody or you can really drop way behind because if you're playing a team that you're trying to catch and they beat you two or three times, then all of a sudden you're even further behind with you know, about the same amount of games. But you know, early in the season when we kinda did this, when we returned the first time and then we went on and then we now we returned the second time here. We we looked it was so early in the season, we looked at some of the standings, oh Henderson was way up there. San Diego was actually actually up there, I think, towards the top. And, uh, and and some other teams that you, you didn't expect. And then we saw like Colorado was, toward, you know, so it was real early to look look at that. And then now as the season's kind of gone along a little bit, we've seen some teams get injured. We've seen what we expect in the AHL. We've seen call-ups from different teams and stuff. And now we're kind of seeing the, the uh, division kind of lining up how we maybe expected it in some regards. I mean, certainly we expected Calgary to be towards the top, uh, Abbotsford towards the top. They are. Um, Ontario's kind of a, a surprise. They're playing really well, but look at the team in LA. They're playing really well, so that just kind of trickles down the, down to there, and don't really seem to need a lot of uh, call-ups there. And then, you know, Henderson started well, but they've kind of got into a cold spell here, and you know, there's some goaltending things there because of what's happened with the Golden Knights, and they've had some goaltending injuries of their own this overnight, so they're kind of rolling with the uh, with the young goaltender. So I mean, it's just kind of, and we kind of seeing. And some of these other teams, of like Coachella Valley's had, as you said, have dealt with some call-ups. You know, their best goaltender last year, Joey Decord, is now with the Seattle Kraken, so he's up there regularly, and and they keep getting players bumped up and down. So it's that's the nature of the AHL. So that's why it's you never seem to be too far out of it, but you always seem to be right there in it. So I mean, even a team like Colorado, you know, they've new coach, new. I mean, so I think we're kind of starting to see see some things that we expected to see, but it's taken us a little bit of time to get into the season, but now we're about 20 games in, so I think we're starting to kind of... But but even this isn't a full... Because like I said, some of these other teams that are struggling right now, once they get back on a streak, as you said, you win four or five games in a row, you can be right back up there. I mean, look at on... Tucson is one... They're 4-0-1 right now, currently, in their streak, and look where they are. They're in number uh, four. Uh, Ontario, as we mentioned... Uh, two and zero. Oh, they won two and zero, oh, but they're seven two and one. Their last Abbotsford's eight and two in their last. So you look at the teams that are at the top right now, and they are on good streaks. Teams that are towards the middle or the bottom, and you look at their last ten. I mean, Silver Knights have really struggled. Two, five, one and two. Coachella Valley's about sub five hundred, four five and one. Colorado's kind of four, five four and one, but they're you know they're zero oh, and two in the last. Bakersfield, 
you know, it's hard to tell with them because they haven't played that many games, but they've kind of struggled uh, recently, and that's kind of then kind of trickled up to Edmonton and stuff. So they're starting to figure it out a little bit, though. And then San Jose and, and San Diego are kind of the, the teams I think we kind of expected that we're going to be struggling again, and they seem to be that way. So that's just kind of my assessment of things. Yeah, I totally agree. And we, we've talked about this multiple times, and I keep uh, bringing it up because I think it's important for hockey fans, especially professional hockey fans, to understand the nature of American Hockey League action. Um, they try to win games. Obviously, that's why they play. But um, somebody said that once. You play to win the game. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so uh, that's what their their intent is, is to uh, to, to win games. But their intent also is to develop hockey players for the National Hockey League Club. It's a fine line. It's a very fine line. Coaches, players, um, management all have to walk that line and decide, you know, how do we do this? Is it for the betterment of the NHL team or the betterment of the AHL team? Uh, they both try to make it work uh, for both organizations. But let's be honest, when you have injuries, a lot of them uh, in the NHL, uh, you you have to pull guys from the age. I mean, that's the uh, that's the next spot, right? Right, and that's 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 the big part of it. And and you know, when we go through some of these teams, I mean, you know, there's been so many storylines already just with with the injury front. I mean, we've seen so many players make their debuts this year that are their first games in the American Hockey League this year. Um, and I think it depends on how the big club is doing as we've talked about in the past. I mean, Calgary has had to kind of deal with some stuff and then, and then Edmonton has, has been a kind of a glaring um, story in the NHL. And, you know, that trickles down to Bix was certainly the goaltending thing was uh, a big thing, of course. And then, and then of course they made a coaching change in Baker in, uh, in Edmonton. So, um, you know, what that, what does that do? Well, it could maybe eventually lead to opportunities for the good fresh look at the guys that are at the uh, AHL level. They need some help there. And, but, uh, you know, again, it just, it, there's a lot of different factors. I mean, San Jose and, and, and San Diego, uh, their parent clubs are, you know, they've been kind of strong. I mean, Anaheim started off pretty good, but they've kind of s- struggled lately. And San Jose's just been struggling in general all year. So it just kind of, just kind of depends the nature of how your organization is. But yeah, I mean, if, if you have a lot of, injuries you're gonna you're gonna need guys to fill those spots and and the AHL guys are your first that's why you have them they're your first in line I mean and and especially now in the AHL where and why a lot of these NHL clubs uh prefer and love to have their affiliates in the same proximity basically uh, whether it's in this you know a few miles a few miles away or maybe close geographically I mean most of these teams affiliates now are right there Maybe in the same building in some cases. Same building, exactly, <laughs> like Calgary is. Um, Ontario and L.A. Are, are close to each other. I mean, you're the California expert. Now you know the geography of California. I mean, Abbotsford uh, and in, uh, in Vancouver is, is right, both in British Columbia. Tucson and, and Arizona is, is obviously close. Henderson and Vegas is close. Uh, Coachella Valley and Seattle is the one that's a little bit of a ways. It's Seattle and, and Coachella Valley, but easy flight to get get there. and. Colorado and Colorado, that's obvious easy one. Bakersfield and Edmonton, another one that's a little bit of a, a travel there, but not too extraneous. San Jose and San Jose based there, and then San Diego and Anaheim. So that helps, too, because it's easier to get guys called up. I mean, we're seeing it a couple of times already in the NHL where where a guy had to be called up like the day of a game, it seemed like in some cases, or, or you know, and, and, and get there. And, and sometimes that did require some travel because of some of the other teams out in the other divisions, but – but uh, that's that's why the AHL is there, and they're your first line. It's like your first line of defense, uh, in, or in this case, your first line of offense. And if you need somebody <laughs> to, or your first line of goaltending, <laughs> uh, if you need if you need some reinforcements uh, to fill some some roster spots. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we always do, um, the goal is to have uh, player interviews, and we'll have some more of those coming up now that. I'm a little more settled in for this month because NCAA hockey is a little bit on the, the slow slide now until uh, January. So uh, I'll be um, taking in a lot more AHL stuff. So hopefully between the two of us, we'll be able to muster up some some sound bites. And, well, you're, you're, uh, it, you're in the right spot because Cal- Southern California has uh, got a lot of, a lot of teams between uh, Coachella Valley and, 
and in Ontario and Bakersfield and San Diego. So. And, and what we like to do is break it down. And uh, you take five teams, I take five teams. And as it worked out, if you look at the Pacific Division right now, like we just did, it kind of alternates, right? I mean, you got Calgary, I got Ontario. You got Abbotsford, I've got Tucson. You've got Henderson, I've got Coachella Valley. And then it kind of, then I get Colorado and you get Bakersfield and so on. But, um, uh, let, let's kind of break it down. Uh, take a look at the uh, the Calgary Wranglers for us and uh, just give us a little breakdown about where they're at. Obviously, they're playing good hockey, and it obviously starts in goal. But a new coach, but same old determination, same old winning philosophy um, with the Wranglers. I, I wonder sometimes, Stephen, why that doesn't carry completely over to the Flames. I know they're not playing poorly, but um, – You'd think if your AHL affiliate is that good, some of that should carry over to the NHL team, shouldn't it? It should. I think, and I don't know about why the instance is this year, but I think in some cases last year, it was uh, Daryl Sutter was the coach of the Flames, and then you had Dust, and then you had uh, Mitch Love that was the coach of the of the Wranglers, and and uh, I don't know maybe. It's kind of hard. I mean, I'm sure they tried to mimic the the Sutter style in in, in the Wranglers, but um, you know, I think it's just sometimes it's not. The coach still has to. I mean, even though they try to do the same within their organization, sometimes the coach does coach things. And obviously, Mitch was a very good, very good coach. I mean, you even go back. This is the second season that they're they're the Wranglers. That uh, they're based in Calgary, but of course, prior to that, they were in Stockton, and even year before last. Um, they had a really good season then too. Um, I mean, you went to some playoff games there in Stockton and and uh, loved it. But <laughs> I don't know everybody. This this one on on Stockton. I was talking with with somebody that that you know worked <laughs> one of the teams and didn't uh, didn't necessarily mention that if they didn't have to go back to Stockton, they were they were okay with. <laughs> you know, the building I thought was great. I just don't think they had the fan support, and I don't know how much of that was. Um, the fact that uh, well, it, was, it was after COVID, so that, I think that really hurt them. I think. Yeah, I didn't know if that's what it was or or what the situation was, but um, yeah, it was here, but... <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy that uh, and and people were talking about you know obviously they were they knew they were moving and maybe were, that had some of it. Yeah, that playoff run that that was the worst kept secret that they were going to be moving out of. Uh, well, actually, they had announced it while the playoff run was still going on, and so everybody kind of. Yeah. Stockton. Right in the middle of it. That that probably wasn't the smartest we, move, but I remember we had discussed it. I think on, well, I don't know. We I think we were doing the video show at that point. Or we were doing something, and we were discussing it. And uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but but no, but going back to Calgary though. Yeah, so they, I don't. You know, it is. They've been they've been a really good AHL team the last years. In Calgary, even last year was 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 good. They got into the playoffs, and I think the year before that they were good. This year they were off to a little bit of a of a struggle up there, but. Uh, yeah, their AHL club is is doing well, and it is kind of interesting because you think, well, okay, you're doing. Sometimes, if you do really well at the AHL level, that means that you're going to be seeing a lot of your players go up there, and and that affects it. But it, I guess, it does seem like even when that has happened, somebody feels jumps in, or they get somebody from their ECHL or wherever, and they they're able to still plug along and do very, do very well. Um, I, I look at the the couple of the Lydian scores, and I had a chance to see Calgary. They were here last week, and I saw them one of the nights, uh, at least. And uh, and it was a close game, but um, but you got guys like Matt uh, Coronado, who's their leading scorer right now with 18 points. Well, he's tied actually with Ben Jones, who's a great player. I loved him when he was in Henderson, and and of course it's uh, he's of course that's one of the nice things about seeing him in person after the game. We do the post game stuff. We do the post game stuff now in the hallway there and in the locker room. So we. After we kind of hang out there, and and you see some of these players now roll through afterwards. They're talking with their players that they used to know, and so you have Ben Jones talking, seeing some of his old Henderson friends and stuff. So that's always kind of cool that those friendships still kind of uh, stay around, even even if if you move on to different different teams. And and that's what's cool about the AHL. Too. I mean, the NHL is probably like that a little bit too, but it seems to be a, a real close brotherhood among the uh, the AHL uh, levels. So, uh, but yeah, Ben Jones is up there towards the Adam Clack as as, a, as another good player. Uh, for the Wranglers, and and he certainly was a good player. But I mean, they have a lot of good. I mean, look at they have uh they have nine guys right now that are in the top or that are at least have ten points uh, for the uh, Wranglers. So that that just shows you that they're getting a lot of uh, they're getting a lot of points 
by uh, some of these these top guys, and it's affected. And as we mentioned, Annette, and I saw him again last week. Dustin Wolf was is is a great goaltender. Um, Oscar Dance is is great too, and he goes in there and and takes the net. But it has been Dustin Wolf's net. We've talked about that before at the beginning of the season. We were kind of surprised, and and there's been stuff put out there about is he going to get an opportunity to be with the NHL club? I mean, he's he's good enough to be up there. And then we saw that he was going to be starting the season in the AHL. We were like surprised by that because he probably deserves to be up there. But now he's going to have an opportunity because there's been an injury to uh, one of the Calgary goaltenders, uh, Markstrom. He's going to be out a couple of weeks, so it seems like Wolf will be up there probably. Um, he'll and he'll get some starts there. Um, it was kind of an instance. The one night I think they were playing. I guess they were playing, the Flames were going to play the uh, Golden Knights at home, and and one of the I think it was Markstrom. He he was sick and couldn't play. But it was after the there's a deadline of when you have to have a roster. So it was after like five o'clock. So they had to bring up Dusty Nickel. We, I just love that name because that was the emergency backup, <laughs> and had to back up that night. But that would that would have been a night <laughs> Dusty where Nickel. Dusty Nickel, I like Nickel, it. Yeah, that, they've been we've been having fun with that one. But they, that would have been a night where they could have brought up uh, Wolf, and again that being in the same city, and he probably would have played that night. But uh, they had to go with um, Calgary had to go with their other goal, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but. But uh, yeah, but so Wolf is uh, and and Wolf is the reigning and let's mention this too. Wolf is the reigning AHL MVP. So I mean that is a fact. Yes, it is. And then he was the goaltender of the year, I think, the year before that. So I mean, he gets he gets all these awards. So um, and well know. deserved. I watched him play, as you know. Uh, I I really enjoy watching his game and watching his focus. And uh, if you haven't seen him play in person, you should, um, because he is a very talented goaltender. Um, Okay, so let's jump into the Ontario Reign. What I find unique and different about the Reign is, um, first of all, their leading scorer with 22 points is Brant Clark. He's a defenseman. <laughs> Five goals, 17 assists for Brant Clark. He's someone um, that should, maybe should get be up with the LA Kings, but the LA Kings uh, have been so good right now with what they've got. But Brant Clark has had taste of uh, being with the Reign. So I'm jumping on your, your team there. But, but yeah, I mean, with Clark, certainly he's a, t- a guy that – has had a chance to um, get some NHL. And I shouldn't, I, he does have the, the tie for the points lead um, on the rain because TJ Tynan, who is just a dynamo, uh, loved his game. Um, can't believe that he's still in the American Hockey League after everything that he's done in the AHL, but he is. He's and, won an uh, MVP he's, award before too. Yeah. And, and he's tied before. at 22 points with, uh, with Brant Clark. So um, pretty impressive. Uh, what you see from them. But I think the key, Stephen, and you probably know this as well, um, with the Ontario Reign, it's really about balance, right? When you look at their roster, their forwards are deep. Their defensive core is deep. They've got two really good goaltenders, Eric Portillo and David Riddich. And to me, that's where they're finding their success uh, early on this season. And it is early. It's uh, just over a quarter of the season played. Um but I think that's where the difference is this year is that they have so much depth. They pick up a guy like Charles Houdon from uh, from Colorado. Um, well, probably Milwaukee is where he came from <laughs> lately. But I know him from uh, from Colorado. And you just look, you got, got Alex Turcott and Akil, Akili Thomas. And um, you go down with Andre Lee and Tyler Madden, Taylor Ward. Uh, these guys are, are seasoned veterans now. And um, – and, when you have offense like that and you're backed up with solid defense, I still think Kevin Connaughton was one of the best pickups uh, they got on defense along with Brant Clark. And, and um, you know, you just go down the list of, of their quality players and then you put them all in front of two really good goaltenders. Yeah, you're okay. You're doing all right. Yeah. You mentioned their goaltending and I, the only thing I'll add to that is I believe it was, uh, Riddick, I think, is the one that he, the back-to-back games he had a he had a shutout. He had like this really good shutout streak going. I think for like two games plus, he hadn't given up a goal in uh, in back-to-back games, and then even a little bit game before the game. So I mean, he he's been really good for them, a good uh, addition for them. And then and then Portillo, when he's had to come in, has been good. Ontario hosted the the um, Silver Knights the other night, last night I guess it was on Wednesday night, and. And you mentioned Houdon. Houdon was one of the goal scorers in that game. And he certainly is a guy that can contribute. Certainly did during his time in Colorado. And he's contributing now in his time in Ontario. And they just, yeah, they seem to be, they seem to have got the right mix of 
of players, you know, on the blue line and in the, the offensive areas and in the goaltending. So um, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be right there at the at the top. Uh, as I mentioned, that it, it kind of wondered how that would be, but it seems like it seems like they're they're gonna, they're a true uh, true contender, and um, and I and I think that's that's good because the last couple of seasons they've been kind of in the middle, and um, but again, we say that now, and a month from now it could be different. They could go on a little <laughs> bit of a streak, and it could be, yeah. But but if we but right now as we're talking here on December seventh. They they look like a really, really uh, a really top tier team for uh, in the division. Okay. So and I just want to mention kudos to Ontario too yeah. last night that uh, you referenced the beginning you know, about resiliency and obviously people are aware now of what happened here in, in Vegas yesterday and UNLV and the, the tragedy there and and uh, what was nice to see uh, in, in regards to what we know about our community and, and always stepping up in, in these times is the hockey community getting involved in that we saw that last night in ontario mentioned that since we're talking about ontario they did a moment of silence uh for that for that uh, for the uh, victims and and for the folks in here in vegas in unlv that were affected by that which you know thankfully sadly but thankfully only three people died but sadly three people died but think about all the people all the students on campus that have been scarred from that i mean just having to go through that and you know not the unsureness of it and having to get off the being sheltered in place and having to get off the campus and and uh and you know, and all that. So a lot of people affected. Of course, the whole city affected because UNLV is is, is a big part of our community here in, in Vegas, and certainly someone who's a, is an alum from there, I, I know that for sure. So uh, kudos to Ontario for doing that, uh, for uh, having being able to do that for the Silver Knights, of course, who are based in Southern Nevada, and, and to have that uh, for that, which is great. But another example of how great the hockey community is that everybody is, uh, even though they compete on the ice, everybody's uh, watching out for each other. And, Stepping up with me too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's jump over to the Abbotsford Canucks. Um, you know, when, when Abbotsford became a part of the American Hockey League West, um, I, it was it was strange. I didn't know how that was going to work, you know, as far as how they were going to be able to uh, do what they needed to do um, and, and how fast they would come on. Boy, they have come on fast, haven't they, Stephen? They they have, and you look at the last ten games, and the big reason why they are at the top of the the division or towards the top of the division is they're eight and two in their last ten games. Um, like I said, they're only one point behind Ontario, but they've played two fewer games. Uh, they're four points behind Calgary, but you know that they're they have a game in hand on them, so they can get within two. So they they have been really good, and. That's another team I was able to see a few weeks ago here, and actually the two games here in in Henderson were were both close games, and, and that's another thing that we say close games, and it's kind of fun because we I remember asking somebody had asked myself or either Ryan McCormick, the play by play guy, asked about one goal games because it seems like every game in the division, certainly the last a lot of games that Henderson was involved with are one goal games, go to either overtime or they or one goal games for the most part. And sometimes you know there might be an empty net or two, but for the most part they're one goal games. And I think that's how this division is. That that's another thing. These this division is so close that the games themselves are one goal games for the for the most part. And that just shows you how tight it is and just tells you how important every goal is because you don't know that could the one goal could be the deciding goal. So again, the two games that were here a few weeks ago with with Abbotsford, both went to extra time. Both great games, of course. Abbotsford winning both of those games, but yeah, Abbotsford is another team that's that's really good. And if I pull up their some of the top scorers right now, I mean, uh, Sheldon Dries is is a name that has been impressive so far. He's their second top leading scorer with uh, 17 points. Uh, Baines is their top scorer with. 21 points, but again, another team that has nine players with double digit in points, and Sheldon Drys with nine goals already in, in 19 games, which is outstanding. One of the top uh, producers, but again, another team that has performed very well, and I think they're going to... They, they're a team that's kind of the last couple of years has been kind of right there, but they haven't really kind of... I think this could be the year they can really push for for a uh, a deep run and and in that you have Ar- Artris S- S- uh, Silvos uh, is and then uh, Torapilo is their other goaltender and 
and both have been pretty pretty good there and uh and certainly Silvas is at with a 2.49 goals against average he's uh, 82 and 1 so uh they have the they have the, the personnel and of course we'll see what's happening in Vancouver they they've gotten off to a really good start this season under uh, Rick Tockett of course they've they've kind of struggled a little bit lately but um I think things are looking really good right now for the both the Canucks and the Canucks. See what I did there? Vancouver Canucks. Canucks. <laughs> uh, how about your guy, Jermaine Lowen? Uh, how, what, what was that like to have him come back in the building? Yeah, you know, that, that, that was kind of a, that was kind of strange to see him in a different, in a different uniform. I had put out a post about that at the time on, on our Instagram page. And yeah, I mean, he, he was a big part of Henderson. I mean, he, he was a physical presence. He, you know, he's, Nesbitt maybe didn't score as much as he would have liked to have gone, but it was a physical presence that you needed. And, and yeah, I mean, now he's getting a chance with uh, with Abbotsford and moving there, and now he's he's doing good things with them. I mean, look, at, he's only got one point right now, but, um, you know, just having the guy like him in your lineup just makes you a little bit more. He opens up the ice, Stephen. That's yeah. what I see. He opens up the ice. Yeah, almost like almost like Moses part in the, the Red Sea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not quite, but close. <laughs> close, but anyways, yeah. No, All right, so let's jump over to the Tucson Roadrunner, Steve Potvin's team. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind that Steve Potvin was going to uh, put this group together. What I like, and I, I really think this is going to be the difference down the road, is the depth on this roster. You got guys like uh, second-year player Josh Doan. You got Colin Tyson. Um, you got a guy like Austin Poganski who comes over from from Coachella Valley. You have a guy like um, uh, Jan Yannick, who we know what Jan can do. He's done it all the time, um, whether it's AHL or NHL. He's just a goal scorer. Uh, they add Justin Kirkland. You know Kirkland, right? I mean, we like him. We like the way he plays. We like his style. They still have Nathan Smith on their roster. And they've got Dylan Gunther on here, basically because he's blocked so far getting into the NHL because of uh, there's just no room for him. So when you look at the offense of the Tucson Roadrunners, it's just scary good. It really is. And uh, I did have a chance to see them play against uh, Coachella Valley the other night, or there's a couple weeks ago now. Um, but but that's impressive. Uh, you look at their defensive core, just just talent up and down the lineup from uh, Peter Delibatori, who you know from uh, from Henderson days, uh, Cameron Crotty, uh, Stephen Kampfer. Um, you look at Victor Soderstrom, who's now a seasoned vet, uh, high draft pick for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So, um, again, this is a balanced squad with really good offense, and they're starting to find their goaltending um, with Matthew Vialta. Yeah, how about that with with Vialta getting an opportunity there with the Roadrunners? And you know, you mentioned Kirkland. I know your nickname for him is Costco. I can't take credit for that. That came from the guys in Stockton. It really did. Guys in Stockton, yeah. <laughs> but but you can you can uh, go roll with it now. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm yeah, because sure they're other... out of Stockton, so I'll just say it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> the other, uh, your other cohort that does some shows with you, Paul may not like all his nicknames. I know he's not a nickname guy. <laughs> I'm not much of either, but I think it's kind of kind of funny. I do like the I do like the Wolf of Calgary, and I think that was all you. I think he started that one. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. Yep, that wolf. was all me. I I own that one. Well, started as the Wolf of Stockton, of course, and then it became the Wolf of Calgary. Just when you moved. But... Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Started as a wolf of Wall Street, but then uh, well, he became well, the wolf of Stockton. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> well, yeah. Based off of the wolf of Wall Street, but I'm talking, yeah, <laughs> that's where it started. But but it, but it started as the wolf of Stockton because he was they were in Stockton. right, <laughs> right. But when you look at this Tucson roster, isn't that what you see? Uh, just a whole bunch of offensive talent, solid defense, and now some steady goaltending. Because um, you know people worried about their goaltending for a little while, and I think Matthew Vialta came in and just uh, owned it. And is still owning it. Yeah, I mean they they're off to. I mean they're playing really well right now. I mean four zero and one in their last five games and six two and two overall. And uh, they're right there. I mean they're only a couple of points behind Ontario. I mean they've got the same amount of losses as Ontario does, and only a couple. I mean Tucson is. Uh, I guess it's kind of a surprise, but 
because people kind of see Tucson in the past as kind of a team that's I mean, Tucson's had some really good years in the in the AHL, the Pacific Division. They've, there were some years where they were like the the top team or the one of the top teams, and then a couple of lean years the last couple of years. But now it seems like they're kind of back to their prominence, and maybe that's a kudos to their NHL club, which I know you love to give credit for. They're the Arizona Coyotes, who are playing very well right now, and a lot of uh, maybe excitement potentially of some playoff games coming to Mullet this April. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Do not go there. Um, anyway, Matthew Vialta. Or maybe they should move him to Tucson because they have more seats at Tucson. <laughs> but really, Matthew Vialta has uh, is eighth right now in all of AHL goaltending. Here's the deal, though, Stephen. He's played 16 games. Uh, he has a 2.34 goals against, 0.926 save percentage. He's got a record of 10 wins, five losses, and one overtime uh, loss. So that that's pretty impressive. He's played 16 games. Um, when you see that, you look at it and you go, "Wow, that's uh, that's impressive." And that's uh, part of the reason why the success of the Tucson Roadrunners is is their goaltending. You look at them offensively; they don't have anybody in the top 20 offensively. That's because they're balanced. They're really well balanced. They have guys spread out uh, throughout the league. So it's pretty impressive what they're doing and how they're getting it done. Yeah, and I only, and I only see the one goaltender listed on their on the. On He's the, played sixteen games. <laughs> I know, so I mean that that's the guy that they're they're going with because the, you know they've had some other goaltenders, but they're I guess they're up with the Coyotes now, and so it's. Uh, they've only played twenty total. So what do you do? You only got four other games. He's played sixteen of them. So the, uh, the other four, yeah, must have been by guys that are are must not be actively on the AHL team now. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so that leads us to the Henderson Silver Knights before we take a break. Uh, give us an update on the Silver Knights and what they're doing. Yeah, so we kind of touched on it at the top, but for, for Henderson, it's it's been a it's been a struggle as, as of late. They they're oh three and oh and one in their last four games, but overall in the last ten, they're two, five, and three. Um they started off really strong. Of course, new coach Ryan Craig comes in. Well, Kind of a new coach. I mean, he's new to the Henderson, but he's not new to the organization, obviously. And comes in, and and they off to a really strong start. They've got these veterans. They've got uh, you know people like Tyler Benson, who's c- came over from uh, Bakersfield. You got Adam Cracknell, who they signed. They brought in, um, of course, they've got a lot of their young core. They've got Demick and Brabenick, who've been uh, winning the organization, and now they're getting their opportunities. And and then uh, goaltending, of course, with Patera. And uh, and so it's you had all those things and start and first part of the season was was going very well and they had to come back from some games but there were some games where they were getting goals in like spurts uh, like three goals in like three or four minutes at a time and, it, and so that was kind of the storyline early and then lately it's been they've been just kind of dried up and th- it was weird because they were getting power play goals but they weren't getting five on five goals and there's there were some injuries that came through the team and. And then the goaltending has been now is kind of cycled through because uh, Seville, who hasn't even played this year, he's still he's still injured, but sounds like he's progressing and could be back soon. But he's 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 injured, hasn't started at all this season. In fact, I don't even think he was in camp. And then Vikman came in and back was the backup to Patera, but then Vikman got hurt and he's he's out a, a little while. So then they had to go to Papirni to be the backup to Patera. Uh, but now with the injury to Aiden Hill up in the Golden Knights, Patera is up with uh, the Golden Knights backing up uh, Logan Thompson. So now it's Paperni, and they had to sign some guy named David Tendek, who actually played a few games with with the uh, the Roadrunners too. But they signed him to a PTO, so he's kind of the the second guy behind uh, Vikman. So I think some of that, I mean, that just happened in the last few games. But but Vikman's still pretty pretty young. Was actually really good in the first game with Calgary. He only gave up the two goals, and the Silver Knights couldn't get him any goals the the, the first night. And then the second night, Henderson did get four, but Vikman gave up seven and was kind of sh- wasn't wasn't his best night. So, but he's still a young goaltender. So they're battling through that, and they're like I said, battling through some times where the offense has gone a little dry. But um, but yeah, I mean they're, they're ten they're ten and they're ten and nine right now, and uh, we can look at some of their their top scores, but 
I, I think there's still it's still time for them to turn it around. I mean, they're right there in the mix. I mean, even even what they had such a great start that now that they had a little bit of a of a streak. Um, but I'll tell you who's really been a, a and this is kind of a kind of an interesting situation because you go into the season not even thinking that this guy you're gonna have this guy because it wasn't a signing, it wasn't any of that. But it was uh, Grigory Denisenko. He's had a really good. Uh, he's he's the, he's the top scorer right now for the Silver Knights. Twenty one points, nine goals, twelve assists. But he he was picked up on waivers. The Florida Panthers put him on waivers. Maybe they thought he was going to be claimed. Maybe they thought, okay, he's going to clear waivers. We'll send him. We'll send him. We'll send him down to our AHL team. But the Golden Knights, who of course are the Stanley Cup champs, so I believe they they're last in the claiming uh, for waivers. Uh, so he, they claimed him, and then. Then they put him, so then they put him back. Twenty four hours later, then they put him back on waivers. Nobody claimed him, so then they were able to send him down to Henderson. He's been with the Silver Knights, so a guy that we, that the, maybe the Silver Knights, the Golden Knights didn't even think they'd have, but it's a waiver uh, pickup. And then they he's in Henderson, and he's been really great. He's had a couple overtime winners, and like I said, he's had some big goals nine, nine goals, uh, twelve assists in twenty one games. Uh, Sheldon Rempel uh, has been great. For the when the Silver Knights when he's played in twenty two games so he's uh, Brisson has has looked good, uh, Cracknell has been great, he's been a great addition to this team. Another guy too, and maybe it's because he inter- I interviewed him at the beginning of the season at training camp. Maybe that I had that kind of effect on it was Mason Morelli. He's been a really great addition for the Silver Knights team, and he's a great. I want to say it all started when he was ten. <laughs> That's how he got really, really good. Is that because he knew you? <laughs> <laughs> I coached him at 10 years old, you, man. Oh, you coached him. No wonder he's so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, I'm happy for him, happy for, uh, for the way that he's playing and everything that he's accomplished at this point. But, yeah, you're right. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back because we, uh, we need to talk a little bit about the uh, the second half, if you will, of the AHL Pacific Division. So we'll be right back. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is the only place for weekly coverage of the AHL's Pacific Division. From Abbotsford to Tucson, hear from the players and coaches that create the stories we talk about live every week on the Podbean app, Thursday nights at 8.30 Pacific Time. The Pro Hockey West Report, you can listen live or search and subscribe to ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, and download to your favorite podcast platform. All right, welcome back in, fans. Scott Strandy here uh, to tell you a little bit about banks. Uh, if you're looking for a bank, maybe you found one, maybe you haven't found one, maybe you've got one for a while, but it's not doing everything that you need. Let me tell you about SoFi, uh, a great new bank that uh, is helping people in every facet of banking, whether it's checking, savings, loans, uh, refinancing your student loans, home loans. It doesn't matter. They can take care of you with it. In addition to that, right now, uh, they want you to try them out. So they've given me the opportunity to give you a special code where if you go ahead and open up a checking and savings account with SoFi, we're going to give you 25 bucks just for giving it a try. It's instantaneous, folks. As soon as you open up the account, those dollars are in the account. So give it a try. See what you think. I highly recommend them. 
It's one of the banks that makes money for you instead of takes your money. That's SoFi. Again, give me a, a text message, 760-801-8060. I will send you the link and uh, give SoFi a try. Take 25 bucks, and then uh, I guarantee you, you won't want to give it back, and you don't need to give it back. It's yours. So that's it. SoFi, wow. the next what? bank for you. Wow, look at you doing a live advertising read. Good, good on you. Wow. Nice. Absolutely. That's what you got to do in this business. That's this what you got to do. Just, this it's like a professional podcast where you hear the host read read ads in the, in the middle. Absolutely. Of the and you fast and forward back. Right through that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and we're back right now with the uh, oh. the Pro Hockey West Report. As uh, it's time to talk about the, the second five, if you will, because everything's so tight, it's hard to say top to bottom. But uh, we're going to start off with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. As I said, I will see them in person next week three times. Uh, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, in Coachella Valley. And I'm looking forward to seeing them again because the lineup has changed a little bit, but yet it hasn't. There's still the same old guys. Max McCormick, um, still the the captain of the squad. Uh, Jimmy Schultz still hanging around there. Uh, Luke Henman uh, hanging around. John Hayden, Cole Lind, Cameron Hughes. I mean, go down the list. Andrew Podoleski. Um, There's just a number of players that know what they're doing. Billy Putman. I uh, can't forget about Billy. Jeremy McKenna, really like his game. Shane Wright. I mean, you go down this list and you go like, why are they not at the top? Well, two reasons, I think. Number one is, first of all, I have played uh, only 18 games, so they got some games to go in hand. Secondly, as I mentioned before, well, Chris Drieger's been playing well, and uh, Alice uh, Steska uh, was playing well until he got hurt. Now Jack LaFontaine is up. I, I think the goaltending has been good. It just hasn't been great. And by great, I mean with Joey Decord, as we mentioned earlier on the show, uh, Joey set the standard um, for not only the way the team was going to play, but for the confidence. They, they, you know, Many of the defensemen on this roster would tell you that Joey was like a third defenseman. He can move the puck, and they got really comfortable with him, but, but they were confident. The fans were confident behind him. And that's just taking some time, I think. And uh, once we turn the calendar on 2024, look out for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. That's just my personal thoughts. What What are your thoughts on uh, Coachella, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen too much of them this year. Just saw them the one time here in Henderson. And, and the Henderson, I was in one of the games they actually won that night. And when they were, offense was still pretty good. And, yeah, I mean, it was, but that was kind of a crazy game, too. But I mean, that was, it was, yeah, I mean, Henderson, uh, Coachella Valley are the defending Western Conference champions, and they're going to be that until somebody knocks them off. But again, they're right there. I mean, if they're, what you said, 10, 7, and 1 right now, if they, if they go on a little bit of a run, they'll be right there. I mean, even, even right now, they're three games less played than Ontario. So that's a, six point potential so they could they could get within a point so it, they'll have a lot to say about how this things uh, play out but you you're right about the goaltending it doesn't seem like uh it seemed like when decord was in there it was almost like he was going to get a shutout every night it was almost a surprise when he didn't uh, they don't have that now he's of course which is great is what you want obviously is it you want to be at the next level and joey decord is, is now at the seattle kraken up there and and so now yeah they have other guys that come in and, and get their opportunity to, to play. And that's what you saw. But I mean, and we've seen some shuffling of roster movements. I think Podorowski has been called up and down a couple of times from between Seattle and Coachella Valley. And uh, Shane Wright is same, same thing. He hasn't been with Coachella the whole time. I think he was up with Seattle and now he's back down. So they've had some call-ups and some of these guys that you've mentioned. And, and I think that affects, and you don't have those guys even for just a period of time that that can be a difference in a game or two and why they, maybe they don't have a better record than they do. Although it's still a great, still a good record. Um, it's, it's weird because you think three games above 500 isn't really that great, but this division, it's because it's so tight. It's you're right there. I mean, it's again, cause you're playing, you play everybody eight times, but again, this year, some teams it's a little bit less because of out of division games, but eight times for sure in some cases. And you can really make it up if, if, you get and it's still again not even halfway through the season so um we'll see how they do in in the second half of the season 
but I, I would expect them to be to be right there. Even though they're sixth right now, I don't think they're going to finish sixth. I think they'll finish higher. Yeah, I think you're totally, totally right. And on I can't with wait that to one. see a game. And I, w- I can't wait to see a game there in uh, Palm Desert. I'm kind of looking at the schedule to yeah. see. Yeah, come over. S- come come over your Southern neck California is nice. But you've got the you've got the, you've got the turf there, so I, I let that be all be all you. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. Come on over. Come on over. We got room for you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Colorado Eagles. Uh, new coach uh, working on uh, trying to get some cohesiveness. Again, this is another squad that's had guys move up and down between the the Avalanche organization and the Eagles organization. Um, but I'll tell you what: the pickup of Riley Tufty was unbelievable. You know, I had a chance to see them play uh, Henderson um, a couple of weeks, three weeks ago now, four weeks ago. And uh, I was excited to see Riley. He's a former UMD Bulldog. And uh, I was looking forward to getting a chance to visit with him after the game. And um, between the first and second period, I see him walking through the hallway in street clothes. I'm going, oh, this can't be good. He's got to be either hurt or something. Little did I know he'd been called up to the uh, to the uh, Colorado Avalanche, so uh, was not in the lineup. And uh, the next night played for the Avalanche. But Riley Tufty was just off to a fiery start. I think he had a goal in in a, a goal game for the first nine games, or something like that. It was just ridiculous. So Riley Tufty, a uh, huge pickup uh, for the Eagles. Ryan Sandlin, another uh, college kid, a Minnesota kid that's uh, making some moves. Uh, Jason Poland, um, who was a uh, Western Michigan college hockey player. Ben Myers from the University of Minnesota. I mean, you go down the list of these guys, um, and probably the best name in call in uh, professional hockey, Ivan Ivan. Love that one. <laughs> so, I so, tell- yeah, I, so, so Ivan Ivan, that's a... That's his first name and his last name is Ivan. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, and then when you look, but if his middle name is Ivan, then it's Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. But I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, Ivan, I, Ivan. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, when you Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the defenseman for the Eagles, uh, Wyatt Almond, Brad Hunt, another uh, a very stable in fourth, Keaton Middleton, Nate Clerman, um, Jack Akon. And there's just guys that are, are just so steady um, on the defensive core. And that's what's keeping the Eagles in it right now uh, while their offense kind of comes together and uh, they kind of get some things going. Of course, Eustace Anunin is back in net. and He's not having his best year by any stretch, but um, he's uh, he's always there and always gives them a chance to win. There was a while. Um, Henderson, the game actually that I was at, uh, Henderson uh, beat them for the first time this season at home. Yeah, yeah, that was their first home loss, and and so Colorado had had been pretty well. By the way, I, I should ask you, and I think <laughs> I think you pointed it out on social media, but the uh, the cowbells are are still th- are still there, right? Oh yeah, Colorado. yeah, the cowbells are still there, and then the minute of madness to start the third period. You gotta love that too. So, <laughs> and, and then and the arena has a new name, by the way, folks. So it's the blue arena now yeah and don't go by twitter don't go by twitter and put at blue arena because that is not (laughs) who it is uh anyway uh, i learned the hard way uh anyway oh did you oh did you get a did you get a reply uh uh, no but i i learned the hard way that that was not blue arena anyway so (laughs) it it might be something like the blue arena or something like that now i can't remember for sure but um anyway i'm gonna have a chance to see them play the firebirds this sunday uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, they'll be uh, they'll be in Coachella be Valley, so that'll be. Uh, oh, I thought maybe you were going to brave the cold. No, I'm sorry. Ne- next Sunday, ne- the 17th. Oh, next yeah, 17th. the 17th. Because I'll be oh, yeah, there, 13, probably, you, you, 16, 17. Oh yeah, you probably get some NCAA games this weekend. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I will catch them uh, next weekend uh, in Coachella Valley. So so that's a good thing, but. Okay, let's move on. Who do we got next in our list of teams to cover? This one goes to you because you just saw these guys, the Bakersfield Condors. Your thoughts on the Condors and what they're doing so far, Stephen? Yeah, it, it's really a hard team to figure out, and I've said that before. I know I have, and it's just you, you never really know what they're um, – what their identity is, or not them said identity, but like what what they're how they're gonna do because they'll have some really good moments and then they won't have some 
really good moments. And you might say, well, every team can say that, go through that. Yeah, but it just this this year has been kind of and, and it's and it's weird because they haven't they've played so few games compared to some of these other teams. Uh, it's really hard to kind of gauge. They're kind of I mean they've only played fifteen games and that's still in the early stage. I mean, so a lot of these other teams we've seen twenty twenty one games, uh, twenty two games in some cases, and you know you can kind of start to but then fifteen games it's it's tough to say and and Bakersfield has struggled but it seems like when they play Henderson they always seem to to get their best and and win um it's been interesting obviously there's between uh, Bakersfield and, and Edmonton because of the goaltending thing the uh, the Edmonton Oilers off to a really bad start uh, this year in the NHL Jack Campbell um not very good uh, up there as part of that. So they decided to, and this was probably to save a little bit of money, not much, but this was a big deal at the time, but they waived Campbell, cleared waivers, then went down to Bakersfield. And so then, and then Bakersfield, and then they called Calvin Pickard up to be the backup behind uh, Stuart Skinner. So that, that was that. And then, so then Campbell, um, and then it happened like, right as I think the Condors were like on a trip to, Ab- they were actually in Abbotsford. Or so they were in British Columbia, but, then he had to go into the game, I think, the next night or something, and had some rough nights and had some rough starts with the uh, with the Condors. So that really hurt there. And then had a game against Henderson, be, was able to beat Henderson, and then had some more rough nights. So Campbell's getting some opportunities at the AHL level. Hasn't been the best, but he is playing a little bit better now. But um, so that's been a big part of this, big part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you look at some of their scores. Um, let me see. I had it up here. They have Raphael Lavoie. I mean, he's got nine points. He's their. I mean, four guys have nine points. They do have Seth Griffith. He's a good, good player. Cam Dinnison. They have some good. But Cameron Wright. I saw him uh, in in Henderson, obviously with the Condors. Um, you know, he's got five points. Uh, with 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 Bakersfield. I guess he's got a few goals. I, I guess he hadn't scored. Or he hadn't had a goal. Uh, when I saw him, but now he's got he's got three goals, so that's that's good that he's got a few a few goals. Maybe that there. has something to do with you seeing him. <laughs> it could be because I because I, uh, I was I was I did a thing about him on social media and on, on Instagram, trying to mix things up for what for what I put up there and trying to feature somebody from. So it's not all Henderson based. We want to get some you know because I'm in Henderson, but when these other teams come in, we can put some stuff out about them and picked out a couple of the players that was significant. I remember picked him out because of his ties to the NCAA and the university and, uh, of Denver, university of Denver. And I, and I remember looking it up and I didn't think he had a goal at that point. I think he had some at the ECHL, but he hadn't. So it looks like he's gotten a few since then. So good for him. And uh, yeah, they still have Brad Malone. Who's one of their, you know, he's been a stable with, the, with the Condors for university of North now. Dakota, by the way, you know, I was thinking, you know, talking about all these universities, this, you know, the university, this, we should just do a show where we just we should highlight we should we should see the impact of the I know we talk about it a lot like how much the NCAA which is what you envision when you added this on and you see guys go from the NCAA to make an impact at the AHL level but I think it'd be kind of interesting to like spend a show where we kind of track and, and some of these other these teams and see the NCAA players on all the teams factor the NCAA the factor. <laughs> Drake Kajula, he's another North Dakota player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we can go uh, through a bunch of these. There's a bunch of them. Um, but I mean, but but just be kind of interesting just to see because a lot of these, we're seeing it more and more as it goes on. The NCAA being a, a stepping ground for the pro ranks, which is oh, without ideal, a doubt, which without is ideally, but 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 it wasn't always the case. It didn't seem like it was a lot of international players, and and there's still a lot of that, or Canadian, obviously Canadian. Uh, leagues and juniors leagues up there and that's obviously still a big part of it but you're seeing a lot more uh, ncaa uh, players that played in the ncaa making making the uh, spots on ahl teams and hopefully eventually nhl teams as well okay we don't have much time left two teams I, left I to cover uh it seems like it always gets this way but i guess uh if you want to be first you got to improve your standing so san jose barracuda your thoughts on the uh, san jose barracuda and and i'll take the uh the San Diego Gulls. Yeah, you know, San, I'll be quick on San Jose. I, I, it's been kind of a, a, I guess it's kind of a whole, the whole organization is just kind of a, seems like a whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I want to use rebuilding, but maybe it's kind of like transitional. Like it seems like it's just it's it's kind of been kind of rough for them. I mean, that's you know the San Jose obviously got off the 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 Sharks got off to a really bad start. Um, they're competing more now, so that that's good. Um, the, the Barracuda, you know, the cards of that, I think they they've kind of struggled too, and and they're obviously towards the bottom. But I mean, they still got some some big guys. I mean, they got Daniel Daniel Gushin, who's got 15 points for them, so he's 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 a really good player. Um, he's off to a good start. I mean, Ethan, they still got Cardwell, who's got 14 points. I mean, the Bordalo is still a big factor uh, in in for the Barracuda, so they're able to get him going. Obviously, they've got uh, Ryan Carpenter for a while, but I think he might be up with, with the Sharks now, I believe. And but that's the thing. They've had some of these other guys, but they've been called up to the Sharks. Uh, the goaltending, they've had to kind of – it's been kind of – that was the other thing. They've kind of – the goaltending thing was kind of iffy for a while because they had to go to so many different goaltenders. It seems like it's uh, Georgi uh, Romanov is, is there. you got Magnus Krona, who's part of the Barracuda goaltending core, and – They've kind of split time. I mean, eight games for Romanoff, uh, nine for Krona. Uh, Krona's kind of struggled a little bit uh, in his time, one one and six. Uh, and, and so he's kind of struggled. But they both have kind of struggled. But um, it's been kind of rough for the for – the, um, but, yeah, Krona's inactive right now, so he's not even he's not even active right now. But And I think you can see, see pretty much the same thing for the San Diego Gulls, new coach. Um, and they're trying to get their 14 under them, a new coach with the Anaheim uh, Ducks in, in uh, Greg Cronin. And I think they're, they're kind of taking these young bodies and trying to mix and match uh, to be successful at the NHL level. And, of course, that makes some inconsistencies at the AHL level. Uh, I also think the goaltending has been a little up and down in San Diego, and I just don't know if they've got um, enough what's the right word um cohesiveness top to bottom right now i think that's something that's going to come the question is are they going to be too far out by the time they finally get that all together so yeah we'll, that, uh, go ahead go ahead no finish your thought no i was just going to say that uh my thought on that is is where will they be you know when we hit february and hit march um will they be improving to the point where they can make a run and and uh you know, maybe make something happen in the playoffs, or will they be a team that's still in the uh, the rebuilding stage? Yeah, no, no. I'd add on to that the the you know, getting too far, uh, digging too far of a deep of a hole. That happened last year with with the with the goals. They got they had a really bad and a lot. Some of that stretch had to do with injuries and call ups and stuff too. And, and we're seeing similar. I don't know if it's injury injury wise, but uh, they they got. Some steep of a hole. They did play a little bit better towards the later part of the season. They had stretches where they think they they put a little bit of a streak together, but um, it was really hard for them to kind of get going. But um, the point I'm making is that even though you can't win a division in October, November, December, I think, or even a playoff spot, you, you in this division because it is, and you're playing divisional. Although San Diego, I think, has been on a big stretch right now where they've played out of the division. I think they've played. They've played Texas recently. They've played Charlotte. I think we talked about the beginning of the year. They had a stretch where they were going to have all these out-of-division games, which has probably not helped them because they play some some decent uh, teams out of those other divisions. But, you know, when you're playing divisional games, it can be hard. I mean, it's it can be easy, but it can be hard to catch uh, if you're too far down because um, a lot of those games are going to be close and they're probably some overtime games, so then you give up a point and stuff like that. It's hard to hard to chase if you get too far down. Um, I think that was Henderson's problem last year. They they did play better, on like February, March, but because they got off to such a rough start, they never really could could catch up all the way. Um, and yeah, they I mean they they struggled more than they were successful. But there were some stretches where they did put up some run, wins, and you think, okay, well maybe they can make a little bit of a run. Especially this division, seven of ten teams get in, so it's not like it's. It, I mean, it's. I won't say it's easy because it's never easy to make the playoffs, but. Only three teams don't get in, so seven teams still get in. So I mean, it's it's the the more teams get in than don't. So it's you know it's it's easier than in other instances where you, where you might not get into the playoffs. But still, yeah, if you get too far down, it's really hard to dig yourself out of it. 
Yep. Well done. Uh, we got through everybody. We'll uh, have a little more in-depth stuff next week because, like I said, I will be at a Wednesday night game, and uh, we'll be working some different things. And I know you'll come up with some stuff as well, and we'll get back on track here on the Pro Hockey West Report as we dig into the second half of the se- well, the quarters of the season to go yet. So we'll be uh, back with you. So take it away. We didn't even get to you had on the rundown to get to the uh, talk about the Golden Knights and their uh, and their in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, run, but... well, we'll have to get back to that, but um, that that's something we can do uh, when we start off uh, next week's show. Yeah, next week's show we'll talk about that. We also have the the Winter Classics coming up in Seattle on New Year's Day, so that's coming up, and they're starting to put out stuff with that. So we got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, All right, take it away, my friend. This has been the Pro Hockey West Report brought to you by Jets Pizza with over 400 locations in 21 states. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone 14 on us. So go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. FedEx, the official delivery company of IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Pro Hockey West Report and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcast. All one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. I also want to throw out there, we are slowly creeping up on 50,000 downloads. I'd like to see that by the end of the year. Uh, I think we got 1,100 or so left to go. So uh, tell a friend, download one of our shows. There's five of them. Um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, college and professional hockey. This is the place to be in ITHSW yeah. podcast. We'll say good night, little us, Roger. Go ahead. And follow us on social media too at Pro Hockey underscore West on X and uh, Pro Hockey West Report on Instagram. Help us, especially on Instagram, try to help us build their, I, well, I would say we, but more, more me lately, but I'm trying to build our content up there on Instagram too, trying some different things with stories during games with with updates on scores and also pictures and features and highlighting different players and stuff as teams roll through through here or as we go to the games so um and as we do video features and stuff too and interviews more of those we'll post those too because unlike with x you're not limited to 220 well unless you pay elon for money you know then you can get (laughs) but on on instagram you can go longer than 220 on on videos so Uh to, to share that sort of stuff too Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll say goodnight for Roger Klein, the peacemaker, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>